Last week I quoted Maya Angelou as saying, the ache for home lives in all of us. And so having a place that we can call home, and while yes, it may be in a building, but also having a community and a group that where I can be seen and see others, this is what we're talking about with home. Having a, a place in my life where I can just be my, I've been using the word unvarnished self, my wild self, <laughs> letting my freak flag fly. And to do that amongst others who accept me and, and unconditionally. Now, they may also feel unconditionally the right to be able to say something, but I know that I'm in a safe place with those that are where I feel at home. Where I have a sense of rootedness and belonging, and I can express myself. You know, last week we talked about how unhealed childhood pain and trauma can, can create effects in us and actually can, can affect or influence the way that we relate to the universe, the way that we relate to others, even the way that we relate to ourselves. You know, trauma growing up and us not getting our needs met can, can actually give us a message that maybe we don't deserve to have our needs met. We might learn that people can't be trusted or maybe there's something wrong with us. And, and while those may be messages that we got while we were young, and not all of us, I'll talk about that in just a little bit, but while that isn't true about all of us, but those who experience trauma growing up, some go on to be victims their entire lives. And others understand, and I would say that those who are here in this room, some of us, we've gotten the message that, you know what, I don't have to remain a victim, even though I may have been victimized. That I don't have to let my trauma define me. That actually, and here in the science, teaching of science of mind, where we, we talk about change your thinking, change your life, that we can define ourselves. We can choose a new thought. And the role that's, that we assign trauma in our lives, we can shift it and maybe give it new meaning. And so today we're talking about home. I want to talk about how home can be a place where healing opportunities manifest everywhere. H-O-M-E. <laughs> you know, this week is Thanksgiving, and so if I don't remember, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, for those who... Um, here in the U.S., we celebrate um, Thanksgiving. But I must also say that while it is Thanksgiving, I don't want to, us to forget that it is also the National Day of Mourning. This will be the 53rd annual National Day of Mourning. And it is a day for us to remember history as it really happened. And to acknowledge and protest racism and the oppression that indigenous people still experience today. And so while many may be celebrating Thanksgiving, there is also, let's not, let's, let's not forget the real story of what went on. But in these time of holidays, those who are celebrating as a holiday, you know, holidays are where many times we go back home, where we go to our families. 
And family visits can be a time of recreation and renewal where we get to see our friends and family and, and we have these expectations of love and laughter and, and, and fun and, and also during Thanksgiving, home-cooked favorites. <laughs> but not everyone looks forward to going back. You know, so just mentioned, you know, some of us had experiences growing up that going back home to our, the, our, where we came from, um, it may not feel like home. It, it, it was the place where our hearts were broken, where we may have left with wounds that need healing. And for those who've been wounded, the mere thought of returning her, home can be a hodgepodge. It can be a mixed bag. I don't know, am I alone in this? I mean, I had, my, my home was, <laughs> my home was an interesting place, the household I grew up in. But there could be a, um, negative emotions, even sadness, anxiety. You know, the holidays can be for many a dark time. And also visiting our family and friends, going back to that place that we knew as home growing up can bring up memories of those that we have lost. We can be reminded of the past dysfunction or even the present dysfunction that may be going on in our households. And for some of us, it's all a combination of all of that. Along with the good feelings, like I said, mixed bag, hodgepodge. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this now that I brought you down? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh. It feels just like, oh, it's so negative. And why would you want to celebrate? Well, you know, those of us who are here, remember, we are on a path where we, we woke up someday and said, you know, there's got to be a better way. There is a better way. There's another way. I am determined to rise above my circumstances and my past. And for those of us who are on a spiritual path, what part of this spiritual path of spiritual living is to make meaning out of the mystery and to give it a new meaning. And so what purpose can we find in this and how do we find it? Dr. Holmes says, there is this question, however, which naturally arises. Why all the suffering, sorrow and pain? Why has tragedy accompanied the journey of man, of us? Why has it accompanied our journey? Talking about those, all of us who have suffered in our in households growing up. He said this, he goes, there's no other way through which true individuality can evolve. It's in the contrast that we can look for a new idea. You know, if you are walking through a maze and you bump into a wall, oh, not this way. <laughs> right? Do you get the visual of that? And so, so today as we're talking about healing opportunities regarding home, as we may, those of us especially who've had trauma and hurts and our hearts may have been broken and we have wounds that we are healing from, boom, not this way. There is another way for us to go. To not let, not get stuck there, but to continue past. He says there's no other way through which true individuality can evolve. 
When we are ready, suffering and pain can be a doorway to a larger life. And I believe that that's why all of us are here. We are here stepping through that threshold into a larger life. We're embracing that. And maybe we're just finding our way to it. But we're well on our way. You know, it was in 1995 that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente, say that for me. Yes, yeah, sometimes I have verbal dyslexia. <laughs> but Kaiser, they began a, a landmark study on what is now known as adverse childhood experiences. Are any of you familiar with this? Some of you may be. Well, the study revealed what's been called pre-COVID, before COVID, this was the nation's number one health risk, adverse childhood experiences. They discovered that these events that bruise and break our hearts as children have lifelong impact. Here's, I have a quote from the, um, the CDC. Some of the worst health and social problems of our nation can arise as a consequence of adverse childhood experiences. Now, what, what are these, these ACEs? I mean, in school, this is the thing in school, they measure this, they look for these things now because we know. Adverse childhood experiences, the original study defined ACEs, um, divide, they divided into three categories, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. And there was 10 points that they measured, simply 10 questions, and each question, there was a point. And the highest possible score you can get is 10. And through their study, they found that, that only a third of the population have a score of zero. That none of those, they had no adverse childhood experiences. If you want to come see Kevin, he, <laughs> he had a zero. Um, we, we went through the questions together. But researchers were shocked to find a direct link between childhood trauma, a link between that and obesity, mental illness, incarceration, workplace issues, and the onset of a variety of chronic diseases. You know, I mean, as I was going through and researching this, that, that those who scored four or more actually had almost a 1,500% more likely chance to attempt suicide. 1,500%. And the researcher, who original researcher who um, did the work, uh, Dr. Robert Anda, when he looked at the studies, and I'm quoting him here, I don't have a slide, he said, I wept. I wept. I saw how much people had suffered, and I wept. You know, our juvenile detention centers and, and prisons are full of people who suffered before they even made it there. Now, if you remember at the beginning of this month, we started our conversation around home talking about the hero's journey. This journey of wit that begins and ends at home like Luke Skywalker, right, starting at home and then called onto a journey to step into a larger version of himself than to return home with all that he's learned and all that he has, all the expansion and growth that he had um, uncovered. 
And in this hero, the hero's journey, for those who weren't here, it's just a metaphor. It's a metaphor to, to explain our personal, um, our personal growth and transformation. But those who experience childhood trauma, those who have these ACEs, who've experienced dysfunction or neglect or, or, or um, just pain in their household, their initiation began in, how, in the household. They didn't have to leave the house in order to home, in order to, to start their journey. Their journey began there at the hearth, you know, at the hearth. So now here's the thing, though. There are many people who have had dysfunctional childhoods who don't end up incarcerated, who don't end up um, attempting suicide, who may, who may not, who may have healed or walked through these traumas and are living healthy lives. So what's the difference? The study showed some of this, too. <laughs> What makes the difference? How can we move past these hurt and trauma and continue on the journey? Not to get stuck on the journey, that hero's journey. We want to make it through, right? We want to grow through our pain and step into the larger version of ourselves. We don't want to just shrivel on the vine. So in the past 25 years, when they discovered this ACEs, they've identified factors that of those children and families that moved through the circumstances and emerged stronger. Would you like to know what some of those were? <laughs> the biggest factor, the biggest factor in overcoming the challenges um, for children and adults were their social connections. Quality social connections. Another word that I use, community. Dorothy made it to the Wizard of Oz she, because of the friends that she had with her. Didn't she? She had people walking alongside her, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion. They were there walking alongside her. Simba. He had, who did he have? Yeah, he had those who were walking alongside him in his journey, even when he had exiled himself because of, he had left his home. He had started his journey. He had those who were walking alongside him. And so one of the, the biggest factor, the biggest factor in, in people overcoming their pain and their past and stepping into a new life were their social connections and community. How blessed we are to be in community. Ideally, we would be in community and have strong connections with those that we, you know, our family and our friends and those we grew up with. But what we're talking about here, not everybody had that or has that. But if you have the pain and the trauma, knowing that social connections can support you I get it, I get it, I get it, because from my own, my pattern, my pattern has been to avoid and to push people away. I think I told you in a couple weeks ago, I said I used to carry with a pair of scissors and scotch tape. Mm -hmm. I like holsters. Mm -hmm. I like holsters. And if you did something to me, well, then out come the scissors and da -da 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 -da, cut you right out. I've learned since then. After, some, after growing and doing my own inner work, I realized, oh, 
the invitation for me is not to cut them out, but actually to lean in. To lean in and discover what is, what is occurring in me around this. The second factor, and this is a simple word for it, faith. Faith. The belief that there is something greater. Those who overcome obstacles, the reason why they even try to overcome is because they believe, they have hope that there's something greater than where they're standing right now. I believe that's why we're sitting here. That's why all of us are here. Faith that I, I can do it. I have the capacity. And if I don't, maybe there's someone around me who can show me the way out. Dr. Holmes, in this thing called life, he wrote, No fear can remain where faith holds sway. Faith reunites us with the original creative spirit, the divine mind, which already exists at the center of our being. You see, the hero emerges. The hero emerges. While we're talking the hero's journey, at the start of the journey, you're not quite a hero yet. <laughs> you have to make the journey in order to come back as a hero. But they, the hero emerges when they use their what is within them to rise above the circumstances. So I'm going to underscore this here, this, this communi community and faith, these things together in community, our community, our social, our, those who see us as we really truly are, not from the past, but they see the light in us, they can remind us of that potential of what is seeking to be known through us, who we really are. When times are dark and when we feel alone, it's, that's not the time to pull away. It is the time to surround ourselves with those who know us and see us and can be with us and remind us of the light within. You know, through community and faith, we can learn to shift our, ourselves as we talk to ourselves and actually talk to others that instead of saying, what's wrong with you? Or what's wrong with me? We can say, what happened to you? You feel the difference in that? What happened to you? And we can say that in a community of those that we love. And, and that's an, it, it opens us up to, to compassion. It opens us up because we've all scratched, you know, scratched our knees and have bumped our elbows. We all have boo-boos. But when we are speaking and, and we are in our circle of our friends and then we can say, what happened to you? Then we can actually lean in and listen to their story and let our story be heard as well. And in that sharing, there can come healing. Carl Jung said, I'm not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Carl Jung was, um, he had coined the term, the wounded healer. Anyone ever heard that? The wounded healer? This is another archetype. This is an archetype of someone who has transcended their hardship and, and suffering. And as a result, they have the compassion then in order to, they give, they give what they have received. 
We all know wounded healers. We all know wounded healers. They can come in the guise of social workers who became a social worker because their brother or their sister or, or their sibling died of a drug overdose. And as a result of that and them doing their work, they're now going to, to, to help others. How about our sponsors and, and recovery? Wounded healers. The asthmatic child who goes on to become a nurse. Or the domestic violence survivor who goes on to raise money for the shelter or run support groups. I would say even ministers and practitioners and those who we have in our community who have stepped up to be leaders in order to support others and to to support one another on this journey. All these people have transformed their pain and suffering, and as a result, can be, have become agents, agents of compassion and healing, extending what it is that they have received. And they've received, the gifts that they've received came out of the hurts that they suffered and then transcending and rising above those. We are who we are, not despite, but because. There's a difference. You know, Rumi said that the wound is the place where the light enters you. You know, breathe that in. I know all of us have hurts from the past and and. We are seeking a new idea around home. The hurts have opened us up to actually even be here to listen. Mm -hmm. How can I heal my heart? How can I be a greater source of healing in the world? Community and faith are necessary to support us in this and community and faith can empower us to allow that light, the light that is here, the light is here, it is now. Are we letting it in? Through practicing these things of community and faith, they can empower us to bless, heal, and transform. So today, and throughout Thanksgiving, I would say even throughout the holidays, keep this in mind, keep it in mind. Give thanks for the wounds. They hurt when we receive them and they've hurt as we've gone on, but we are not staying there. We're not staying there. That was then, this is now. And we can be grateful for those wounds because we've been cracked open so that the light can enter in. Let us do our affirmation again what we're affirming this month, making ourselves open to that which is seeking to be known. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Peace and love. Mm -hmm. Namaste. Happy Thanksgiving.